Hello and welcome to Game Pass Forever, a standalone segment of the Outside is Overrated podcast. Each month we dive into a new game off the Xbox Game Pass lineup. This segment exists because of the generous support of our backers on Patreon. If you enjoy this content, please visit patreon.com OIO and consider pledging $2 a month to support the show. Outsiders Overrated is presented by Premier Health. Check out their website at premierhealthmn.com. That's premierhealthmn.com. I am your energetic and enthusiastic host, Tom Sidlogic, and joining me today are the Hobby Box, Joe Burns. hey And Dr. C, Casey Aline. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? For December's Game Pass Forever game, for January's Game Pass Forever game, we played Nobody Saves the World by Drinkbox Studios. This game launched in January 2022 and has a 76 on Metacritic. I took a look at those reviews. It has three positive and three mixed reviews from news outlets. Interesting. Very interesting. Um, I realized that I didn't turn on camera, so like I can't see you, Hobbybox. This is a little bit of a strange format. Hobbybox is sick, so Casey is here in the uh, OIO studio in beautiful Roseville, Minnesota. Uh, he took Joey's usual seat, which means I have to look to the left to see him. Joey's on the computer to the right, and nobody's got cameras on. This is just going to be a mess. <laughs> just I want- mean, I can turn my camera on if you really want me to, Tom. I always want you to turn your camera on. Yeah. Yeah. I just took this seat because Joey always sounds so slicky, smooth, and wonderful. I just figured I'd take this seat to see if it had the same effect for me. Sure. Oh, you, you do sound good. Uh, but it comes with a very important responsibility. If Joey raises his hand to speak, I need you to let me know that he has something to say. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Burnsy? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you for that. Bunch of savages in this town. <laughs> Nobody Saves the World takes the open world adventuring of Zelda and mixes in a Final Fantasy job system. The core gameplay loop involves choosing a form or a job or a class. You wander around, you kill a bunch of mobs with your abilities, you unlock new forms, and then repeat forever for 15-ish hours. Burnsy, you nominated this game for Game Pass Forever. Are you happy with your choice? Yeah, I am. Um, It ended up being a super unique experience, I think, for um, for what it was. And and I'm I also really enjoy the fact that it's an RPG that doesn't run into the problems that like modern RPGs run into where they tend to need to be like hundreds, hundreds of hours of content. And you're not even out of the tutorial in the first 10 hours. And this is like the complete opposite of that, which I think is refreshing because I would like to see many more like RPGs with good systems and good progression that you don't have to grind forever to try to get from point A to point B in it. So you're saying you'd like Yakuza like a dragon to have the uh, nobody saves the world treatment? I would. Maybe a little bit. I mean, the story is something else, but uh, it's it's... It's just, you can't have all RPGs be that similar type of thing. So I, I like that there's some companies that are, are, are trying other things and, and trying to make things that fit into a more like manageable time commitment. Now I'll say this about Nobody Saves the World. The fun factor for this game is just off the charts. Like the moment-to-moment action is as fun as anything that's out there. Combat in this game is pretty simple. You fire off your abilities to crush mobs, unlock new abilities, unlock new forms to level up, and then you repeat. Casey, it's the first time you've ever played a video game. Was this a happy experience for you? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's the first time we've heard that reference in a while. But yes, I, I was really, really happy with this experience. 
Um, I really enjoyed the simplicity of the combat uh, and trying to figure out what skill combinations and passes work best for each each character that you unlocked. And uh, exploring the world, for me, ended up being a little tedious, but um, you know the writing was really fun and uh, made it not too bad when you got to interact with some of the NPCs and made it... You know, it made you want to interact with them. Let me poke at that just a little bit. Like, you are a guy who processes a lot of information. Like, you, you thinking of fantasy football in particular, like, you have massive binders and spreadsheets, and like, you want all the data. Like, you're telling me that if you play an RPG, you don't want to talk to everyone and like learn everything? Um, not always. I mean, I mean, we discussed it last month. You hold a controller wrong. I think you might just play games wrong, dude. I, mean, I get it with an RPG. It's, they are very story-based, so it is every NPC you talk to, you get a little tidbit of that story. So it is kind of important that you talk to everybody. But sometimes it can be just a little too much when you walk into a town and there's 30 people there that you can interact with and talk to. Um, I don't Let's... know if I need to see all that. But in this one, it was fun because every single person you talked to was genuinely pretty funny and had like little quips and things that uh just made it actually fun to interact with every every single person in the town well to uh troll burns we'll play destiny 2 on game pass forever at some point to troll you we'll try skyrim we'll just <laughs> cut you loose and make you talk to everyone in every town and complete every quest Burnsy, we were just on the main show breaking down the combat system of god of war ragnarok was the combat in nobody saves the world deep enough for you I mean, this is definitely a very different combat system from what you experience in God of War Ragnarok. But ultimately, I think it has really good combat for similar reasons to what God of War Ragnarok does. When you get into different fight, uh, different fights in Ragnarok, you have to figure out what are the right combinations of abilities, what's the right weapon to use against certain enemies. And then when you get different mixed those, how do you have to make that work? And with uh, Nobody Saves the World, they do a lot of similar things. There's certain dungeons where certain forms that you take on are going to be much more useful than others. And then there's going to be some enemies that um, you need to hit them with a certain element type or a certain attack type in order to be able to actually do damage against them. And so you either need to kit out the form that you want to use with a secondary ability from one of the other forms to be able to do that, or you need to switch between forms in order to make that all work. And so I think from I think that adds a lot of depth to the combat system. Perhaps I'm just feeling a little bit cantankerous and uh, curmudgeonly for this episode, but that wasn't really my experience at all. Like, I played whatever class I wanted, and whenever a secondary damage type came up, like, I just added that into the uh, top ability slot. So like I really didn't strategically plan. It's like, oh, well, I'm going to build up bodybuilder now. So I'm going to be bodybuilder, and when I need another damage, I'll just slot in that type of damage ability. See, and I tried to do that with some classes, right? But you get into some dungeons, and certain forms would just work better. Like, for instance, um, there was one dungeon that had lots of... I think it was you go inside... I think it was called the Mound or something like that. And it's just big mutated beast with like multiple mouths. That's like a dungeon that you go into. And I went in there first as a uh, one character class. And it, like, once I got into attacks, it just didn't work. I think I was the magician. I was trying to level magician at that time. Um, and then it was like, okay, well that's not going to work. But then when I approached it with the turtle and with the zombie, 
I like was tearing face of like most of the things in there um, because I was able to like manage the things that I needed to do, especially the turtle, because um, you could easily go through a lot of the water areas. You needed something aquatic in order to get from point A to point B. And um, that was something that ended up working really well for me. And then a different dungeon, um, other classes ended up working well. The bodybuilder sometimes was the best thing to use. Um, but it was interesting. And I think each of the forms has enough differences that there were unique times when you could maximize them or use them to their most potential um, compared to like just like mixing and matching secondary abilities onto them to make uh, someone a Swiss Army knife. Casey, as the father of three children, is there anything you'd like to say about the Mound Dungeon? <laughs> well, I um, never got to the Mound Dungeon in this game. Um, and Yeah, neither I did I, but I thought that was fifth, a really funny um, joke. <laughs> I'm pleading the fifth on exploring the Mound. <laughs> so you guys didn't go to the, uh, the Melted Down Nuclear Reactor Dungeon either? Nope, never heard of it. See, that's... Oh. I'm going to get into this in a second, but I ended up... Day one when I played this, just explored the bejesus out of the map, and that ended up, for me, I think being a mistake because I kind of explored parts of the world that were beyond the level of my characters and just kept finding dungeons that I was not able to go into and was like, all right, well, this kind of sucks. So what I ended up doing the second day that I played was just staying in that main area and all I did was repeat the same first two dungeons over and over and over again. So you said like <laughs> this game is not meant to be a grind. Well I kind of grinded for <laughs> about four hours straight just leveling up characters and getting everything unlocked. Like well not everything but a, a vast array of characters unlocked. I got most of them to level <laughs> B or C and was able to then go explore and actually feel like I wasn't frustrated. What a fascinating way that you uh, encounter games. Go ahead, Burns. I was just going to say, it's so interesting that that's because I didn't have to replay any of the dungeons. I, I sort of felt like everything that I found as I went through it um, ended up being like, I was able to take on that task. There was a couple of times where there's a couple of areas where there's multiple dungeons kind of in the same area. Um, that I would end up, uh, you know, avoiding some of them because I wasn't quite to that level yet and just sort of wandered around until I found one that was closer to, like, the level that I was at. But I never got it, like, up against something. Like, there was one time where I walked into a zone and it was, like, level 30. And I was just like, okay, I'm level, like, 9 right now. I'm not going this way. And I just walked back the other way and went a different direction. Um, but I guess I didn't run into the same type of thing where I felt like I needed to grind a zone over and over to try to level anything up it it felt pretty organic uh, most of the time for me yeah and the way i approached it was i chose the class that i was going to work on and first i headed west and when i encountered a dungeon i'd go into it and i'd work at it until i cleared it which was never too much of an endeavor and then when that class was pushed as high as it could i'd switch to another class and i'd keep going west like i never similar to joey i found those areas that were a higher level than me i'm like oh okay well don't go here now but i basically just wandered and i had no no shortage of things to do and dungeons to tackle and mobs to mash yeah i mean i guess i don't know which way i went specifically like i tried going both east and west day one and i felt like the same thing i was like level you know six seven eight in that area and i kept finding dungeons that were like 
level, you know, 14 to 20, some were even higher. I found like, I'm sure you guys saw that, that it, like the dragon dungeon, like there was that dragon one, which was like, I think that's a level 50 dungeon. Um, so like I found just a lot of different areas that I'm like, well, okay, clearly I'm not ready for this yet. And by the time I got to those areas, I'd already played for, I don't know, three, four hours and was like, you know what, tomorrow I'm going to approach this a completely different way. And it ended up working out very well for me. So I'm sure maybe I just stumbled into the wrong areas of the map. I don't know, but, um, I was still able to level characters by exploring, but it, it was more difficult fights, which is not a bad thing. You're still, I, I don't think I ever died other than when I, I, the only time I ever died in the game, I think was, yeah, I never, never died in a dungeon, but the only time you I never died, died in a dungeon. No, I was going to say I died a zillion times. I <laughs> yeah, <think>. me too. <laughs> and like, usually it's because I'm like trying to unlock every ability. Like I wasn't always playing. I was very rarely playing optimally. I was always trying to fill the bars to, uh, level up in each of the classes to push that level as high as possible i, so I lied there is one dungeon that i died in uh it was the like an alien the alien one where you have to rescue the alien I, the end boss on that one kicked my butt a few times isn't that the one where you need to be an egg like the uh mm. the dudes in the cage and there's the spinning wheels of death death shooting across i think so maybe it wasn't the alien I don't oh know. that uh that's actually the gingerbread house that i'm talking yes, about that's, yeah i didn't i didn't get to that but yeah i that was i know where that was Bernsey, what do you think of the exploration in this game <clears throat> i enjoy it. it's funny that you guys are mentioning these things they must have been to the east yeah i, didn't, I never I, saw either of those two things yeah i traveled to the east last night and spent a couple hours with it that's where the witches gotcha. were and like all the yeah and the graveyard, and uh, there's a vampire's house, too. Yeah. Yeah, I never saw any of that. I stayed primarily over in the West, which I guess makes sense that I found, like, the nuclear reactor and the mound and all that stuff. You know, it makes sense that I saw that and you guys didn't see that, um, which I think says, speaks to a little bit how big of a world they created. Now, it's not like it's not like a massive open world or anything like that, and you're just, like, top-down 2D representation of this world really um but uh the exploration is a lot of fun one thing i really liked about how they handled things is when you unlocked a quest so say for instance you talked to one of the knights in the knights guild and then they bring you into the knights guild and you talk to all of them and then they say hey we've got a quest over here and it's it's interesting because it'll show you on the map where this quest is but it'll probably be covered in fog of war but it helps to give you a little bit of a scale as to like all the different places that it wants you to go in, which I think is a really cool mechanic to sort of say, oh, there's a lot over here. You know, you've shown me, I've seen like three other quests that are over here. So I can do kind of those things together. Um, and it's neat how every time you get a quest, it kind of takes you in those directions. So my frustration with the quest, like you see, could see it on the map, like you said, with the exclamation point on the map and where your quests were. But some of the quests, like specifically for the... I forget what the guild is or whatever. It's like a witch guild or a wizard guild or something in that in that area that you didn't get to, Joey. But like you had to collect chocolate bars from um, monsters that you killed. But then you had to bring the chocolate bars to gingerbread s- house somewhere. The witch was standing outside one. the gingerbread Wait, house. Well, the drumsticks, maybe. 
So maybe it wasn't that one that I'm talking about. But there were there were two quests in, in my inventory that I had completed, but I had to go to a specific part of the map that was a, just a named part of the map. And the map itself doesn't actually have the different names of the zones that you entered. So unless you remember, okay, this is in the west, you know, next to whatever, like this, this fast. Like, I was just really frustrated that I have these things completed. I have no idea where I'm going now. Like I completed the actual actual quest portion of it. No idea who I need to, what NPC I need to go back to, to, to get this. And it's not marked on your map at all. The name of the town, like you can click on the quest and it says like, all right, you need to know here, but like none of that is actually on the map, which to me is, is kind of frustrating. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't worry about it even one iota. Like there were a million quests in this game. Yeah. And it's like, I just, yeah. I touched every NPC. I gathered every quest that was available and I just wandered Dirty. to my heart's content. And like all those bars kept filling up. I'm like, all right, it feels good. Yeah. Another, another bar is full. I feel good about what I've accomplished today. You know, and that's one thing about this game is it's probably a vegan person's worst nightmare because sometimes you'll hit a plant and a radish will come out, but sometimes you'll hit a plant and a turkey leg comes out. And it's just like, how are they even going to handle that? I don't know. <laughs> maybe it's uh, a vegan turkey leg. It's made of Maybe, uh, maybe. It's, it's one of those materials. fake turkey legs. Yeah, yeah. I had a uh, vegan turkey roast for uh, Christmas. It was pretty good. Nice. Oh, see, there you go. I guess it, that's yeah. maybe what it is then. Pretty good. Oh, okay, it's safe. The main hook. Friendly. Yeah. <laughs> the main hook of this game was the job system. You unlock all these forms, and as you level up in a different form, it'll unlock more forms. There's basically, it seems like, a human tree and like a more animal-friendly tree that you can go down. Uh, the main... Once you choose a form, like you choose to be a knight, or you choose to be a ranger, or you choose to be a slug, or a rat, or a ghost or any number of silly things and then once you select that form you appear as a ghost or a rat or a slug or whatever on the screen but each one has unique abilities including signature abilities that only the say slug can use and as you play you complete little bite-sized quests for using these abilities that will give you experience points in that form and then you can uh, level up each form from a letter grade from an f up to an presumably an a or an s Joey, were you yeah, scratching? I, I guess what to say. Sorry. <laughs> oh no, I don't think I, I was probably scratching my face. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. I, I, I... <laughs> <laughs> sorry to interrupt, Tom. It looked like you had something to say. Yeah, you flagged me down. It's like, oh, all right. <clears throat> Let me wrap up this very long thought and uh, then turn it over. I love the job system in this game. Like, I'm a big fan of pretty much any game that has a job system, and I, I especially like the mechanic where you can level up the class and then it unlocks other things. And I th generally, I thought it was really interesting in this game because there's so much fun and silly stuff that you can do like being a slug not something that i ever thought i wanted to be and i that was one of the last classes that i messed around with because i'm like i don't need to be a freaking slug turns out the slug was freaking fun thanks for the heads up on that burns yeah no the slug is probably one of my favorites just because it is a movable turret uh so it's like the, the way i thought of it is it's kind of like if you play as bastion in uh overwatch because uh, you just sit there and you just pepper the crap out of everything and then you have your slime ability where you can speed slime. And when you use that, it slows everything down that goes through the slime. And then you just keep shooting the crap out of things. Uh, so the slug was, especially once you got used to how it kind of locked into the position that it was aiming to shoot. Um, once you got that down, it, it, I don't know, I enjoyed that one a lot. Uh, like the last dungeon I went through, I played through the entirely as a slug and just... Just, just enjoy, just like pop, 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 all the time. 
It's very fun. And as an achiever personality type, like I love like crossing things off the list and like filling up those bars. Like that was extremely satisfying for me. They give you a never ending string of like little bite sized quests to complete. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I also found that to be a little bit of a hindrance because your progression in each class, it's not like an experience based system. So it doesn't matter how many bad guys you mow down. It matters how specifically you use your abilities to take them down, which can be fun at times. But I noticed that I couldn't get any class past a B. I didn't have any quests to take them up past a B into the A range. So I don't know if that's something that comes a little bit later in the game. I got about eight hours in. Uh, and I also noticed that that progression system actively hampers creative builds because like I never put a lot of thought into how I was slotting my abilities other than uh, passive or when I hit level 20 you get a second passive that's a, just a touch of a bummer about this game because I was having a blast with it but I didn't feel like I got to create any crazy clever creative combos of abilities did you guys have any builds that you favored so I think to sort of touch on that before we talk about builds I, I liked the fact that they did that the class progression because it sort of at least at first it helped you to understand hey this is a good combo that you could use um because otherwise it was just like you could mix and match all this stuff i think a little bit of hand holding early on was a benefit but i agree like as it's gone on with some of the classes it's been a lot harder to try to check off all those boxes and get that progression all the way to B than it was for others. It seems like like Rat, for some reason, I think I got to B like super fast. Don't know why or how. It just worked. And then there's some of them where it's just been a grind to try to get from C to B because it just seems like I don't normally proc whatever it is that they want me to try to do all the time. And sometimes I think you need to hit certain levels and other abilities to be able to get those quests to level up like uh with the knight you needed special um accentuating abilities from other classes in order to get the quest to level up further and that uh it wasn't always entirely clear what you needed to do to get the quest to push your levels up higher yeah there are certain that for sure that you need um for the knight specifically well not specifically but like all the different tiers as you level up well, there's, there, we want to talk about how there's multiple different ways to level up in this game, too, because you're leveling <laughs> up through quests, but then you also get these little tokens that drop that specifically you're able to level up for each individual class as well. Sure, so, let's let's set that up just a little bit more. We talked about the forms, and you level up each form from an F grade all the way up to probably an A or maybe even a super grade above that. So that's one of the progression systems. There's also a level for your character, and as you complete quests, every quest also gives you experience for your main character. So you go from level 1 up to, I reached level, I think, 24 last night on the character, which controls your health and your physical and magical attacks and your defense and your speed. Then there's another system where you can upgrade each of the abilities for each of the forms through the upgrade tokens that Casey mentioned. And these can be either purchased in the store or enemies will drop them or maybe get them as quest rewards. I'm not entirely sure, but there's three main progression systems. Yeah, yeah. it's that and, last and one. That, well, I was going to say that third one. And so what it tends to do is it either like lessens how much mana it costs to do some of those things or shortens the cooldown on some of those things is, is basically what those upgrades tend to do. Maybe it'll increase damage some too on some of the, on some of the abilities also. Yeah. And that's how you, I think, get to the a level upgrades as you up, as you increase the level of those individual skills. It, I 
believe unlocks the other quests or there's certain ones I know that I was not able to do because I didn't have enough mana so until I upgraded other skills to make it possible to do that it was it was impossible at the time to do interesting I found a lot of mana fairies while I was wandering around on my travels so I never really ran low on mana using the tokens to upgrade the individual skills those were usually capped by the level of the form so if you want to level up all of your rat skills once you got to rat level C or rat level B you could upgrade them so high and you couldn't go any higher than that yeah well, let's move on to favorite forms or abilities or builds. Joey, this was your game. What was your favorite form? Was it the slug? Uh, yeah, the slug was definitely one of my favorites. Um, I I played a lot as the ranger earlier on and did enjoy that just because you had a little bit more distance. Um, I think the one... The form that I liked that I just can't play apparently is the magician because I, I like everything about it, but I never had much success with the magician at all. That's interesting. Um, because... I was uh, sorry, I was just shredding with the magician last night. It was fun. They get to summon familiars. You pull an animal out of your head, and it's either a rabbit or a tiger. This game is freaking funny. And like the first time you pull that tiger out of the hat is just hilarious. And then when the tiger dies, like there's a tiger pelt on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, and and it's just. Well, okay. I think my favorite moment as any of the forms is um, when you unlock the horse and you're in a horse village um, and there's a (laughs) mini quest where you fall in love with another horse. And it is just, I can't exactly remember all of the dialogue, but it is so freaking funny. The quest is called Unbridled Love, which was just great. I was hooked at that moment too. (laughs) I was just losing it that entire time, and it just it just kept going and going, and it was that was brilliant. And there's lots of other really funny, funny things and funny like uses of wordplay in the game, um, like all over the place, which I think is is really great. Um, there's you run into a bunny. There was a side quest in the area I was in, um, and they he wanted you to be a male escort. Um, but it was spelled M-A-I-L. And then he like verbally, like in the text, like said, no, no, I'm carrying this mail. I need you to help Kim, like lead me through this area because, hey, it attracts all these monsters, whatever this this stuff is that I'm carrying. And it's like, OK, OK, I, uh, it's funny. It's funny. But uh, so I don't know, lots of lots of humor all the way through the game. Um, it, it but was- yeah, I think this, the slug was the slug was my favorite form. It was a very funny experience. Casey, our resident game breaker. Let's hear it. How do you break Nobody Saves the World? Well, I feel like I could be a lot more game-breaking as I continually continue to unlock characters and, and upgrade. And right now, like... First, you we, have to, like, grab the controller with both hands, like, up high, wow. like you're holding a steering wheel, and then, like, <laughs> shove it into your mouth and, like... See, now, this game was, was great with controls. All the attack buttons were actually the, the buttons. Nothing was... None of the attacks were tied to the trigger or the the bumpers or anything like that. So all I all I had to do was press X and, and I I, whatever the hell the Xbox controller buttons are. I don't remember. And X, I know for X, a fact y. you're very good with your thumbs, my friend. I am very good with my thumbs. Yes. <laughs> uh, no, my my favorite uh, form for most of the the game was was the rat, uh, and I I loved. And they kind of uh, helped you out with some of the quests for the rat by doing this. So you end up doubling up on the poison 
Um, and then adding arrow flurry as, as your uh, one of your secondary attacks. So what ends up happening is you pretty much, the second you touch any of the baddies, they end up getting poisoned. And then these large mobs, as they come out, like you can just rush through all of them, poison every single one of them, and you can either detonate and explode every single one of them on the screen, or they slowly die, or you just pummel them with, with the flurry of arrows, which looks really funny as a rat shooting a whole bunch of arrows out at one time. <laughs> um, and then the slime was really fun to play play with, um, combined with the slow ability, just that uh, the, the slow ability from the, from the sliming them combined with the uh, poison application there too. So enemies were slow; they couldn't get to you, and then they would just slowly die from the poison. That was that was that was fun. Uh, and then turtle with a horse gallop, I thought was also really fun. Just a turtle being able to smash bad guys as they as you're just running through <laughs> at lightning speeds through these giant mobs of of bad guys as as a turtle. The turtle was pretty funny. I also, I neglected to mention earlier, some of the forms unlock more traversal options. Joey, I think you might have alluded to this, but like the turtle was essential because it can swim through water and gets it opens up other sections of the map that you otherwise couldn't get to. Yep, same with the mermaid, does the same thing. Um, one of the other powerful combos that I found if you were playing with a ranged character, um, if you had a way to give it like poison, but... There's also a passive ability that you can add on from the ghost, which makes them feared. If you hit them enough times, they'll get afraid. And so instead of like, they'll normally run towards you. Eventually, once they get feared, they start running away from you, which means, you know, as, as a ranged person, that's the worst nightmare is that they're coming up on you. You can't get rid of them. But if they start running away from you, it's just like, I'll just keep peppering you with bullets or arrows or whatever it is I'm shooting at you. Um, so that was another powerful combo that I found because I just, I think the last thing I unlocked was the ghost. And so that was, uh, that was also a really fun combo to, to, to utilize. And I mentioned this earlier, but like I put so little thought into my combinations. Like I just, for me, this game was such a chill experience. Like I poured a healthy glass of whiskey and I'm like, all right, which boxes am I going to check off? All right. I'll fire up those abilities, run through these boxes. All right. Now, which boxes can I fill up? All right, great. Uh, my personal favorite was the bodybuilder because it's just your nobody turns into this giant like flexy muscle dude, and he's just hilarious. He's throwing giant dumbbells and he's flexing and uh, he's buffing his damage, and it just he, he he's Hulk Hogan colored like that's he's just very orange <laughs> slash like bronze <laughs> leather. <laughs> yeah, it was it was good stuff. Was there anything else you guys want to talk about with favorite forms and abilities? No, just that I wish, like, I would have gotten a little bit further and be able to see what all of them did. I think there's only, like, six, maybe six or seven that I haven't unlocked, and I know a few of them require both characters to be A-level, so that would be... And apparently we can't get to A-level yet. Like, I'm level 24, and I can't get to A-level with any of my classes. It's uh, a touch frustrating. Yeah, so... it. It'd be fun to go back and, and play and see what it actually takes to, to get to that, that level. And a quick recap before we get into our final thoughts, impressions, and takeaways. Story in this game, almost non-existent. Like, if you're looking for a story-driven experience, Nobody Saves the World is not for you. The exploration, there's a big open world to explore, lots to see and do, lots of funny stuff to see and interaction, lots of clever humor in it. Combat is really 
fun because of the job system. There's a lot of bite-sized stuff to dive into, and it's uh, not an overly uh, taxing experience. So our overall thoughts, impressions, and takeaways on Nobody Saves the World. I thought it was a super fun game. Like you said, it's it's really chill. You can just jump into it for an hour or two, have a blast, level up your guys. Um, I actually thought the story was... It's, it's weak, but it's creative. It was funny, entertaining the whole time. Uh, NPC reactions were, were fun, made interacting with everything on the map less tedious. Um, I just wish the map, as you looked at it from above, was a little more detailed, and which would make it easier <laughs> for, for somebody who is, uh, likes to complete quests and, and do that sort of thing. Um, would make it a lot easier to figure out where the heck you've been and where you need to get those back to. Like I think you'd enjoy a more like MMO style where the end goal is very clearly marked and you can just run towards it. Agreed. Bernsey, your thoughts and takeaways on Nobody Saves the World. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed this game and I'm 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 hoping to be able to find time to continue on with it and try to get it to the end. It comes off Game Pass on January 15th. We are recording this on the 10th, so uh, get on that horse, my dude. Oh, no. Okay. Well, that that might not happen then. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, <laughs> well, with that being said, I did enjoy it. <laughs> well, let me phrase it to you this way, then. Is this a game that you would pay full retail price for? Possibly, because th- this game, the, the retail price is probably like $20 or something like that, right? $30. So I think the game is well worth that price, you know, even if it's not on Game Pass. Um, and if I did buy it, I probably would buy it on PlayStation and restart it. Um, because, I don't know, I, what, I've put like nine hours into it, I think it was, eight and a half, something like that. Um, so if it's something I'm going to play like slowly over time, I'd be happy to earn those trophies elsewhere. Um, like the one thing that was a bummer for me, um, from a control standpoint was switching forms while you're in combat or while you're like doing things on the map, because you hold down the right bumper in order to bring up the wheel to change forms and your character still can be moving on the screen, but it's the same, uh, it's the same thumbstick that's going to control choosing your forms that also moves you. And that's one thing that I think was a little frustrating to me if, like, you were going to need to change forms while you're in combat. Well, it's just interesting. Why didn't they make it the right stick? Like, that's a standard gaming mechanic. You move with the left stick, and you can still move while often changing weapons in games. Why isn't it just mapped to the right stick? I don't think anything's mapped to the right stick, so I'm not 100% sure why they did that. And if you look at, like, the controls in the menu, like... It doesn't even show any of the sticks. It's like a direction pad, like up, down, left, right. So I don't even know if they coded it from that mindset of having the extra analog sticks for that. I mean, every controller these days has that. Um, so that would be like one of the the negatives from my play experience that I had. But otherwise, I, I would still highly recommend this game to a lot of people. It's a nice bite-sized game that you can jump into um, and enjoy. Uh, and, and not like, it's easy to pick up and play for an hour and then put back down. Right. Um, it's not something where when you come back, like granted, you might kind of forget where you're at on the map or what you're doing, but you'll, you'll stumble into something else that'll lead you in a direction to start going somewhere. And eventually you'll probably stumble back on whatever quest you were doing before. And so it's not like there's like that highest stakes to 
having to remember exactly what you were doing and where you were going. I haven't played The Witcher 3 in more than a year. Like, the thought of jumping into that is just super, super daunting. Like, I imagine I could jump back into Nobody Saves the World at any point in the next decade and be like, oh, yeah, still super fun. All right, I'll go over here and clear this dungeon now. Yeah, but you can only jump back into it in the next five days, Tom. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I love Game Pass. This game this game was a lot of fun, but if I had paid like a full retail price, like if this was a $70 game, I would have been extremely disappointed. And I, I have a hard time thinking of the price point where I'd be happy with this game. Like even at 20 bucks, I'm like, eh, yes, I enjoyed it. Yes, I can live without $20. But do I want to, out of all the possible gaming purchases, do I want to put $20 into Nobody Saves the World or would I rather buy Skyrim for a fourth time, this time on the Steam Deck? It's like, it, I have a hard time finding the right price point for myself. I think like nine ninety nine for me would be because it seems to me like it'd be a really good mobile game to be on like something on a tablet or on my phone and I actually did play a little bit on my phone um, this time too and I was on a really bad connection so it was it was tough at the time but I think if I was actually on my home Wi-Fi and and was playing it it would uh, would have actually played really really well. And I could see that on a platform and on a mobile for a mobile game. I don't want to pay more than ten dollars. Sure. I should also note I played primarily on my Steam Deck, uh, streaming through Xbox Cloud Gaming, which worked super great. Like as long as my internet connection was working, it it worked really well. Bernsey, I want to go back to something you said real quick. Like I never swapped classes in the middle of combat. Like when I swapped classes, it's because my bar was full and it was time to start using a new ability. So like I was fine always pausing, jumping into the menu and then like looking at the quest menu as well as changing forms. So like I didn't run into the issue that you did with the hot swapping, but it is curious that they never mapped it to another stick. Yeah. I don't know. I just, it's something that I think should have been easy enough to do, but um, I'm guessing that like if, I'm guessing that's something that they didn't necessarily mean for people to be doing a lot of switching while in combat. Um, so you're saying that's I'm right what I ended up wrong? resorting to was just going into the start menu to change it if I if I needed to because then I knew I wouldn't be screwing myself over in real time. So you're saying I was right and you were wrong. <laughs> nope. You're never right. I'm always right. Yep. Uh, Burns and I are in complete 100% lockstep here. Tom was right. <laughs> Anything else you guys want to say about Nobody Saves the World? This was a really fun game. It was a really good experience. I had just a ball playing it. Yeah, I'm actually sad that you told me that it's going off in five days. Not that I probably would have gone back and played it because I say this every single time when I enjoy a game. <laughs> I'm going to go back and play it, and I never do just because we hop into the next game and I get into that one. It's like... I don't know. Like I, <laughs> I, I really somehow need to find a way to get back and play these games. And unfortunately, I'm leaving for a hockey tournament in two days for Grand Rapids, so I would only have like two days to play this. So I don't see myself probably ever getting to play this game again, which kind of makes me sad. Yeah. Well, buy a Steam Deck, buy it on Steam. It'll be great. Maybe. <laughs> well, we're coming off of this uh, fun, lighthearted, easygoing game, which is clearly <laughs> the best game we've played so far this year. And from here, we move on to play Amnesia Rebirth. Casey, you put up a horror game, and for some reason, that's what our patrons selected. So we're going to play us some Amnesia Rebirth. Casey, why'd you put this thing up for Game Pass Forever? Um, it had been a while since we played a horror 
action we, adventure game. We've never played a horror game on OAO. Not for the main show, not for Game Pass Forever, not for... Well, well okay, Alien Isolation, but that game was a rubbish garbage uh, what's fire. The, what's the oh. crappy? I can't think of the name. It all ends in me. Oh, God, yeah. That was yeah. horror, right? Yeah. yeah. And Burns yeah. said that stupid game was better than Sunset of Free Drive. <laughs> so, so, the medium. Yes, the, the medium. medium. So we played that, and... It was less than stellar, so I'm hoping it was that, terrible. That this was, or that this will be, a much better experience. I think it will be. I've been familiar with Amnesia since it originally came out. I bought it on PC when it came out in, I don't know, I was living in Maryland, so it was somewhere between 2008 and 2011. Never played it because I don't particularly want to be scared when I'm playing games. So, <laughs> thank you for uh, putting us through this. Amnesia Rebirth is a first-person horror adventure. Uncover your past and survive the Algerian desert. Fear is your enemy. Stay calm. Do not succumb to an illness threatening you and your loved one. Avoid darkness. Hide from monsters and solve puzzles. Adventure mode available for a less scary experience. Birds, are you going to play this on adventure mode or are you going for full hardcore headphones on, total immersion, pee your pants level of fright? I mean, I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll play on whatever it defaults to and see how it goes. You're not going to go straight hard mode on this one? So, (laughs) like, I almost had a heart attack playing Minecraft, it felt like, once. When, like, the first time when I was, you know, just running around, building, 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 digging, 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 getting resources. It's like, hey, everything's great. Oh, it's getting dark out all of a sudden. Like a creeper just out of nowhere, and it just, like, scared the crap out of me. So, I can only see how well a horror game is going to go that's like actually trying to give you a heart attack. So Well we did yeah, play we'll see. We did play Alien Isolation and for all the uh vitriol I heap on that broken janky ass game, like there were some legitimate scary moments and we got through that, right? Like this isn't gonna break us, is it? I don't think it's gonna break us, but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I, I I'm going into it with an open mind. I am going on a trip to Florida. I'm going to be in Florida for the better part of the next three weeks, two weeks for a family vacation, then one week for work. And so, like, I'm going to be playing this again on my Steam Deck in a, like, uncomfortable location, probably yeah. headphones in, like. Turn One of your daughters off. on your lap. and Yeah. What's so, that, <laughs> so uh, <laughs> thanks for ruining Florida for me, Casey. It's going to be, it's going to be horrible. I just nominated it. Our Patreons are the ones that voted for it. Yeah, I assume that you uh, rigged the vote behind the scenes just to uh, spite me. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for listening to this standalone segment of The Outside is an Overrated Podcast. If you enjoy this content, please back our show on Patreon. Support your independent content producers. This segment is tied to a specific tier of support. You can back us for as little as $2 a month. Check it out at patreon.com slash OIO. Thank you so much for listening. Stay inside.